Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So if you grow up in L.A., at one time or another, you were probably an extra in a movie <laughs> or a TV show. There's a place in Burbank, I don't know if it's still there, it's called Central Casting, and they're one of the biggest extra casting companies, and you just go there and pay your $10, they take a photo of you, and you just call every day, and uh, then you're booked on something, and then you put, put your wardrobe together, and suddenly you're on a movie set. Anyway, um, I did this when I was in high school uh, because we were bored and it was the summer. And the cool show to be on was the original 90210. It was a popular show and they had a big budget. So um, we just played volleyball on the beach and we got fed um, like steak and lobster. And anyway, that led to... I have a point to this story that led to um, me getting doing some voiceover work. I forgot how it happened, but I ended up getting some like commercial agent and I, uh, they needed a Korean, someone who spoke Korean <laughs> for, uh, I think Jason Priestley was watching a TV show and they needed the, someone who spoke Korean to like do voiceover on the show. So it was like a show within a show. And, um, they wanted me to read this paragraph in Korean, so I had to ask my mom how to say it. And they didn't even check, by the way. I could have been saying cuss words. They had no, you know, I have no idea. Anyway, um, they would have had no idea. They did not run a check. It just aired. Um, but my voice was on one of the episodes, and that led to um, an audition to have one line on 90210. And I remember I was so nervous for this audition. And I go, it's one line. It's literally like a school council meeting and someone says something, I raise my hand and I say one line. Like, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it's like, that's not true. We're not going that way or something. It's just one sentence. And so I'm sitting in front of the casting director and I'm fucking nervous. And she reads the, the line and then looks at me for me to go, and I, I cut her off or something. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's try this again. We do it again. And I mean, I'm, I'm super nervous. And she she's, and I'm thinking about not the line or even like, I'm just thinking about when to say it and how to say it. And so right when she finishes, uh, I do the same thing. I either cut her off or I, I said it like too soon or too choppy. It didn't flow, right? It wasn't like a conversation where she says a line, a beat, and I say a line. It was literally like as she's finishing, I'm like, oh, and I said said the line. Third time, and and it, it, she was really sweet. She was like, oh man, that's this has got to be the worst nightmare for for someone auditioning. Like, you know, I get it, you're nervous, it's stress one more time, and in the last time. Now I'm like, you know, embarrassed and nervous. Of course, it's going to go sideways. And uh, she says the line and I interrupt her again, just on like, just on routine now. Like I'm not even, I'm not even in my head. I'm just like, so I'm just going on nerves, right? And she says, okay, thank you. And I leave and 
and I felt so stupid because it was one line. And the reason why, the reason why I couldn't get this one line, one line out, I mean, yes, I was nervous, but it was because I was thinking about the line and when to say it instead of relaxing and listening to her and then repeating the line. I mean, because obviously I memorized it, right? It's one fucking line. It, instead of listening to her like a normal pr- conversation and then talking after she said her line, I was so in my head about getting this line out and the way I wanted to say it that I kept interrupting her. My point to this story is I think we do a version of this um, all the time. I know I do. Being in our heads either uh, in the future or the past or what could be trying to predict, trying to, I mean, basically making judgments, right? So we're in our heads a lot, making judgments, ruminating, future tripping, all of this stuff, right? Uh, Swimming in our distorted thought. And by doing so, we're not anchoring to the here and now and creating a space for creativity. One of the things that I decided to do for this episode is to have nothing to talk about. I wanted to start with that story and do an episode where I'm not in my head or, um, you know, having a checklist of, you know, the best ways to do this or the red flags to look for or four ways to do that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of my episodes, cause I know that that's what people want. Um, but I'm reading a book by Rick Rubin about the creative process. And I thought to myself, I'm going to just turn on the microphone and talk and try to get out of my own way and talk about how that's more needed and actually do so while I'm talking about why, how that's more needed. And I thought about the story that I wanted to open with, and uh, for some reason, that audition came to my mind. And I realized that I fucked up one line because I was so in my head. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. So here's my question to you. How much can you relate to this? Meaning as you go about your day from the time you get up to to when you go to sleep and all the people you engage with, uh, whether it's social or you're working or you're, you know, maybe you're an artist. Um, Also like, you know, with friends and with your, if you're in a relationship, intimacy, how much of those spaces are you in your head? Because if you're in your head, then you are not um, fully present, which means that you're not bringing reality, 
truth and art into those engagements. Basically, you're bringing a, a shell. You're bringing a distortion. You're not bringing truth. I mean, that's like the best way to, to explain it. You're also not creating a space for you to be uh, fully expressive, you know? And I think this is what's important. If you, like me, write a lot or you do things that require the right brain, um, it's important to not be in your head because that's when the the best work comes out. Like if you look at improv, right? If you look at um, actors who, who do improv, they're not thinking, I mean, improv, there are no lines, right? They're not thinking about what they're going to do because you, you could spot that. They're just maneuvering on instinct. It's almost like... Um, just going to a club and just dancing like uh, no one's watching, right? That kind of – and you could tell if someone's dancing and they're self-conscious about it or if they're dancing and they're completely – they don't give a fuck. Um, you, you, could, you could feel that energy, right? And also with improv, the best improv happens when people are not thinking about the improv and they're just being extremely present, and I feel like this isn't just for artists. Um, one of the things that uh, I think this does is not only does it anchor you, and so you're coming into any kind of engagement uh, in color and, and um, bringing more, uh, whether it's art, knowledge, just bringing more of you uh, to the table. But also I think this is kind of the conduit into um, – a spiritual space. I think when you get out of um, out of your thoughts and um, all the residue from your story, all your fears, you know, all of the the clutter, and you really anchor yourself, um, maybe by using your senses and being fully just there, without expectation, without labels, without judgment. I think that's where uh, you allow something greater to work through you. I think that's where um, you tap into, you know, flow states. And I think that's where you can tap into kind of a, a, a spiritual realm. And I've noticed this. Um, if you if you meditate, this is also um, – that's also a way to, to get there. But, but even if you're like on your motorcycle, you know um, – my partner tells me that I'm the most present on uh, on two wheels on a motorcycle. I don't I don't know because I don't I'm not experiencing me, uh, but I do know that when I'm on that, uh, I'm not thinking about bills or tomorrow or yesterday. I'm just there, right? And that's how I, I how I experience it. And I notice that um, me shifting and me making turns and it's all happening instinctually i'm not thinking about it it's just knee jerk it's like when you're driving and you kind of zone out and your body your body's on autopilot um that's how i am and sometimes when i'm on my bike um i have a lot of solutions to problems that i couldn't come up with 
when I tried. But now that I'm in this space where I'm not thinking, they now appear, right? Um, so ideas, creative solutions. Um, and then I also have uh, spiritual moments. I also feel a sense of clarity. I have a friend who surfs, and he says he meets God in the water. And it's the same kind of thing, like getting out of your head seems to be the common denominator to turn yourself into um, a conduit to channel something greater. Now, ideally, we would want to um, be in this space as much as we can, right? I mean, not only when we're doing activities or being creative, but also engaging with people and, of course, uh, with relationships. Because a lot of times in relationships, we're constantly thinking about what the other person is thinking. We're thinking about where it's going. We're thinking about why we're angry, what someone did wrong, how you're going to bring up. Just so much clutter and thought. And so my challenge to you if you can relate to this and uh especially if you're really good at being present in other areas like you know like fitness or um activities my challenge to you is apply it to relationships and don't turn it into a performance meaning don't judge yourself on if you did a good job uh just do it and notice right it's going to be in what you notice that gives you the belief or the the value of it like it's going to be what you notice because if you notice oh wait a minute i i'm trying this and here's what i'm getting back oh the person is more engaging or the person is now um experiencing me in a way where the uh, i don't they feel more safe or i like how i am or whatever you notice subtle or big that's going to be the fuel for you to want to do it more and of course it's a practice um it's something that i'm consciously working on but i'm not just working on it uh for art or to be creative i'm not just working on it to hit flow states in the gym or on my motorcycle uh i'm working on it in front of humans now i'm working on it with friends uh even strangers, you know, the barista, the coffee shop I attend, or my partner, my daughter, my mom. Um, and I'm just going into it with curiosity, like kind of a mad scientist. And I'm noticing how different that experience is if I'm not in my head. And what I'm learning is it's very different. The energy is different. Um, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm just being, Right. And then what I get back from the other person and their uh, experience of me is very different. And that's in a good way. Because I've been in my head most of my life, um, constantly in my head. So that's the uh, challenge for you today. And uh, just notice. Just notice and be present. Knowing that you are doing this because... 
you're getting out of your own way. And by doing so, you're bringing something more to the table, not just your unique self, but something channeling through you. Thank you for listening. Be well.